stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite World Talk radio shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest today, Holly Clegg. I'm broadcasting from amazingly beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. It's just a little crisp today, but the sky is incredibly blue. And I I believe they're having some baseball all over town today. Um, so anybody who loves baseball, you ought to come here for some spring training. And no, I don't work for the Chamber of Commerce, but... Um, I love this place. We have a special event going on this month for, for many. Um, this is National Nutrition Month, sponsored by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. This campaign is designed to focus attention on the importance of making informed food choices and develop sound eating and physical activity habits. Um, get that? Sound eating and physical activity Habits, it sounds like they want us to eat smart and move more, doesn't it? I think that's exactly what they want. Many of us take eating for granted. We grab what's ever around and we stuff it in our mouths without thinking about the nutritional values. We may think about calories, but that's probably it. Now, when's the last time you wondered if you had a balanced diet for the day? Now, when's the last time you changed your plans for dinner because you realized you hadn't satisfied your daily food requirements? I don't think I've ever done that in my whole life. Um, many of us learned a little bit about nutrition in um, high school. Uh, those of us who went on to have any kind of career in health-related fields got some more. Most of us learned to cook from our mother, and most of our mothers didn't have a good background in nutrition so you know we kind of cook what we like and have little thought about what we're giving our bodies um, uh, we, when we do a meal plan if we plan um, those you know the, the nutrition side of eating doesn't come into play but think about it you know the food we eat is the stuff our new cells are made out of it's the fuel to keep us going It has the nutrients we need to heal, to grow, to thrive. Putting junk food in your body or non-nutritious food is like putting watered-down regular gas in your Lamborghini. 
Did did that kind of make you cringe? I know people who would consider who wouldn't consider putting anything but the highest grade of gas in their car. And they'll drive that car through a fast food window on a regular basis for burger and fries um, without thinking that their body is more valuable um, than the Lamborghini. You know, go figure. Some people complain about healthy eating. They say it's boring, that the food doesn't taste good, it's too expensive, it takes too much time to prepare it. They have more excuses than a dog has fleas, and my apologies to dogs. Some of them don't have fleas. Um, Today's guest is an absolute expert on making healthful, nutritious food taste good. So I thought she was perfect to be our guest on National Nutrition Month. Holly Clegg has offered expert advice on quick flavorful and healthy eating for nearly 20 years through her best-selling Trim and Terrific cookbook series. And if you haven't seen them, make a point to go on her website, and we'll tell you where that is, or to the, to the bookstore and look over her cookbooks. They're really just great. She has 14 books to date, including my favorite, <clears throat> the one she called Too Hot in the Kitchen, Secrets to Sizzle at Any Age. I love that cookbook. And I'm not a cook, and, and I love that cookbook. Holly has also released a free iPhone and BlackBerry application, Mobile Rush Hour Recipes, which brings her signature recipes to your fingertips. I think that's just a great idea. You can get a recipe, stop at the store real fast if you need to, and get home and make a, a nutritious, wonderful-tasting meal. With over a million books sold, Holly reigns supreme when it comes to helping today's busy cook Make everyday meals that are fast and fit. Um, she graduated from Tulane University and Cord the Cordon Bleu's cooking schools in both London and Paris. So this girl knows how to cook. She's known as the queen of quick. Her recipes are time, user, and pantry friendly. And before you say, oh, no, we're going to talk about boring food, let me tell you some of, the, uh, of her recipes. And by the way... I run one of her recipes every week on the self-improvement blog. I change it every Sunday. I leave it up for a week so you have a chance to see it. Um, and let me tell you, those recipes are really worth trying out. Now, here, here's some of her recipes. Double chocolate candy pizza. Now, why would I pick that one first? But doesn't it sound absolutely wonderful? Glazed brie. Hmm, yum. And when did spaghetti and meatballs ever be boring? And you haven't tasted spaghetti and meatballs until you've tasted these. Pecan trout with Dijon sauce. Eight-layered Greek dip. Now, did any of that sound boring? I don't think so. So with that in mind, welcome with me, Holly Clegg. Holly, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Well, nice to be here, and wow, what a build-up. Uh, <laughs> I hope I can live up to all that it says, but look, forget all that stuff. It just, most importantly, my recipes are easy, healthier and easier, and you can do it yourself at home in no time at all. And they are easy, and they are fun, and she has tips that, that you probably never heard anyplace else. And one of my favorite things in your book, Holly, is how to get the stuff you need in your pantry. 
Right. Now, I think that's so important. I never thought about it. I just buy it when I see it or, you know, when I think I might ever need it. And, and, and you really help with that. Tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners know where you're coming from. Well, I've always loved to eat, and I've always loved really good food. So, I mean, people go, well, did you have a weight problem? Did you do this? I, you know, Irene, I really think I was ahead of my time because in 1993, I felt there was a correlation with our health and what we ate. And I wrote a first trim and terrific book, and I was trying to think of a title that I didn't want it to be diet. I didn't want it to be... Whatever. So Trim and Terrific is what I came up with, and here we are almost 20 years later, and now it's proof. You know, it's funny when the book first came out, way back then someone would say, I can't buy that book because my daughter-in-law is going to think I'm telling her she's fat. Or you have this oh. frantic wife saying, oh, my God, my husband's had a heart attack. I need to change what I cook. So that was the trend back then, and fortunately it's changed. We all understand there's a correlation with what we eat in our health. And fortunately, I don't get that anymore. And and actually, almost every day on the news, you hear something about the obesity problem, or you know, needing to eat more nutritious food, or food in the school system. I mean, it's just in front of us all the time. It is seventy five percent of uh, every seventy five cents out of every healthcare dollar goes to chronic diseases, which usually obesity is one of the factors. I mean, the list goes on. Six point two million people are unaware they have diabetes. Think of that number: six point two. Million people are unaware they have diabetes, which that's usually type 2 diabetes, which can be controlled by, you know, uh, just weight gain and exercise. And 8% of our population has diabetes. Cancer, 35% of all nutritional, um, you know, value is related to what we eat with cancer. So, I mean, the list goes on and on if you want to get really technical about it. But more than that, you know what I like to think about is, um, you know, we're going to live a lot longer. I think in less than 10 years, 20% of our population is going to be over 65. So we're going to live a lot longer. So we want our quality of life to be better. And don't worry about if you're losing weight, gaining weight. If you eat healthier, and I use the word healthier because I'm very, very mainstream, I think you'll see you'll feel better from the inside out. Well, you know, some of us don't want it. Well, I'm not even going to tell my age, but I'm past the 65 mark. And, you know, we don't want to come to that place that we say, if I had known I was going to be this old, I would have taken better care of myself. Right, right. And I hear that a lot. Yeah, you know, well, it's... and we know more. You know, I, my kids grew up having a, a consciousness of eating healthier. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, say I'm this stickler for what I do because when I go to a restaurant, I eat everything on the plate. You know, I put butter on my bread. I always have a glass of wine or a martini. I enjoy the food that's there. But you said it earlier, you know, you how many times do you say, I um, I didn't eat healthy, I'm going to eat healthier that day, you know, when you right. were doing your intro, instead of people saying, uh, you is what you do here is you go. I'm not going to eat all day, so I can eat. Well, which is not good, also. But I think is what we have to understand is it's about a lifestyle. It's not the superfood of the week. It's not the diet of the day. It's truly a lifestyle of making some changes that you can incorporate. And you don't have to incorporate every single change. Just what works for you. Start there and go from there. And that's such good advice. Let well, me ask you this. Did you always love to cook? You know, as I've a little girl, did you get yes, your kicks a child, with a, with I can a... remember. I mean, this goes way back. I don't know if I was 8, 9, or 10. I grew up in Texas, and we went to this place called Lake Whitney with my mother's 
you know, three couple of friends. It was someone we could afford to go at the time. They all brought their kids. And I got upset. It was cabins because we didn't have the food in my cabin. It upset me. So I guess I was controlling about food way back then, which is funny. And I remember distinctly being upset. I didn't have the food in our cabin. I wanted all the food. So I think it stems from loving to eat. And one of my mother's friends was a gourmet cook, and I used to follow her around. And so, yeah, you know, and I think people start off baking, and then they get into food. But I have always, you know, I'm very fortunate because cooking is my passion, and I get up every day excited to see what my new opportunity, what I could do. And more importantly, as you do too, I feel like I'm making a difference. And that's a good feeling to be able to do in your job. Oh, I think you're making a tremendous difference, actually. I I really do. But, you know, it's one thing to be a good cook and another thing to be able to write recipes and another one to be able to tell people what's in that in, in terms of nutritional value. So how did you get started writing recipes and then cookbooks? I, I wouldn't even know where to start to begin <laughs> well, to write it's a recipe. Well, like anything else. You know, it sort of evolved. I was asked <laughs> to write a cookbook on a local level. And that is back then when I was the queen of whipping cream and butter. And I, as I said, I felt there was a correlation. And I started... Uh, with help in our food, and I wanted to show people that. So I wrote a book. You know, I guess what changes more than anything when you write recipes is I have to measure everything. And you know how someone says, oh, she's going to give you the recipe, but it's not going to be the right one. It's not going to work. Well, that's the opposite of me. I want the recipe to work, and I test all my own recipes. So when you pull open that book and you select whatever you select, that recipe is just as important as every recipe in the book because if someone tries something that doesn't come out, what are they going to do? They're going to say, well, this doesn't work. This so. doesn't work. Okay, let me ask you, how many times do you have to cook something and measure everything to know that it's going to work every time? Well, you mean from a nutritional standpoint? Yeah, you're, you're doing a new recipe and, and, you know, how many times you have to change the amount of the seasonings or something. I mean, when you if you've done it five times and it comes out really great every time, are you satisfied with that? Well, you know, it's funny. I probably operate a little differently. I mean, I can remember I was doing. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> As this we all a... know, from with Betty Crocker many years ago, and they, I was doing a, a a little booklet for them called "Using the Reduced Fat Cake Mixes," and this is oh, probably early nineties or something. Anyway, they flew me up there. Because they really didn't want an outsider, whoever this Holly Clegg was, to do their, you know, recipe when they had in-house people and home economists and et cetera. So I go up there, and she goes, well, who does your tolerance testing? I said, what's tolerance testing? <laughs> well, if you put it in a 9 by 13 pan or you put it in a 9-inch pan, what's going to happen if they do that? And I said, well, I make my food, and I taste it myself, and I give it away and make sure everybody likes it. And that's my testing. So I really very rarely, every now and then I get something. For instance, I'm working on a new book, and I don't know if you've heard this, but I am. it's like an emergency with the lights, the sirens going. Holly, you have to include a crockpot section in your book. Oh, I just didn't realize how many people use crockpots. Um, but, I, you know, through Facebook and through talking to people, I feel like my next book, I definitely wanted to include it. So I pulled out my crockpot. And I've been crock-pot cooking, and I'm trying to do different things. So, for instance, I made this brownie recipe, and it came out good. 
Some people said, oh, my God, it's good. But something just nudged me. It wasn't just right. So I'm going to do it again instead of saying, oh, it's good enough. But usually I can nail it on the first time because I'm adding the ingredients. You know, now let me put it this way, Irene. I am not good at fashion. I don't know what looks good on me. I have to take a daughter with me to buy clothes and tell me this is cute or this is not. But I could do a recipe. You know, that's just I have that innate ability to pull it together But I have changed through the years, which is what's important because, you know, people are busy. People don't have time to cook. So my job, I feel like, is to put the least amount of ingredients in to give it the most flavor. The least amount of ingredients to give it the most flavor. Because when someone looks at a recipe page and it's long list of recipes, what do you do? You so don't do it. This. I don't have time for this. <laughs> and Holly, it's time for us to take our first break. I want to talk more about this when we come back. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Holly Clegg, talking about how to cook good so you feel good. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Holly Clegg. We're talking about nutrition today since this is National Nutrition Month. And we were talking about how Holly goes about designing recipes and knowing that they're good and writing cookbooks and all those good things. Holly, let me ask you this question. How do you get ideas for new recipes? Do you get them from people who say, oh, I wish you could put together? Or do you just you know, kind of get a an idea and see what you can do with it. All the above. I mean, I um, sometimes I find a recipe and I said, oh, I, you know, I think I've 
had this niche where I can make any recipe trim and terrific. You know, you give it to me, and I could trim it down and keep it terrific. So I could go eat somewhere and possibly taste something and say, oh, that sounds good. I'm going to go home and create that combination. Somebody could say this is their favorite recipe. I could see a recipe online or in a cookbook. Um, so all, all the above. You know, I think what people don't understand is cooking is creative. Even, you know, my recipes, if you don't have an ingredient, I always say leave it out. Don't go back to the grocery store. You know, we put all this stress on ourselves in the kitchen that a recipe, you know, obviously if you're baking, you have to do baking powder and baking soda, but when have you ever, you know, let's say, made a lasagna and it called for mushrooms and already called for onions, something basic like that, and everybody's eating and go, well, that's good, but where's the onions? Why didn't you put onions in it? I didn't nobody, have them. <laughs> nobody would know the difference. So I think, or let's say it calls for mushrooms in our lasagna, and you don't like them. You could leave them yeah, out. Leave it's them not going to ruin the recipe. A lot of people that don't cook uh, feel like they have to follow a recipe verbatim, which is fine because all my recipes work. My sister's like that. In fact, she's like you. She's a doctor PhD, and she doesn't like to cook at all. You know, she so she has to follow my recipes exactly and calls me with questions. But and that's fine. But if you love cooking and you love to experiment, use my recipe sort of as a roadmap and detour wherever you want. And I think I think I read in your cookbooks, and I think I have most of them. Um, you, you give ideas if you don't have this. You know, put put this in there if you have that. You know, you 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 give people ideas of how they can substitute, don't you? Yeah, I try to show there's options. You know, for the cook that the nervous cook that it has to be a certain way, that there's options. And um, you know, I try always to do everyday ingredients. Probably the number one comment I get nationwide is you have all your ingredients in your house. And we talked a little bit about a pantry uh, guide. You touched on that and. I honestly feel the best advice I could give everybody here today is to have a well-stocked pantry because, you know, people want shopping lists, but you truly could think of a pantry, a well-stocked pantry, as a permanent shopping list. You know, there's not a time that, you know, my husband will say, oh, are you tired of this? I'll pick up something. I can go, no, I could whip it up in two seconds. You know why? I don't have to stop what I'm doing, go to the grocery store. Not that I do, I many times do, but I always keep... Chicken, ground meat, pasta, canned tomatoes, you know, just the basics. That least I could do is always make a hamburger. So I think a well-stocked pantry guide is really uh, the secret to 30-minute cooking. And in most of my books, I do have a pantry stocking guide sort of to really guide you to stock your kitchen properly. And that's important because some of us don't even take that into consideration, you know, what do I need in my pantry so I can whip something up in 30 minutes? Well, I can't even imagine whipping something up in 30 minutes, much (laughs) less having a pantry that can do that. Now, my son can walk in, take a look in the refrigerator, take a look in the pantry, and have a meal together in no time, and it's always delicious. I don't know how he does it. He certainly did not learn that from his mother. Uh Uh, But, I mean, I just, and I cooked for all of those years, but now, I don't know whether it's I don't want to or I can't, but at any rate, it's sort of 
boggles my mind to think of all that cooking. So when you come along with easy recipes that are fun and good, I really like it. And I've tried a number of them. And, and I'm beginning to get some of my favorites out of your cookbooks. And you know, I, I really recommend it. While we're talking about this, why don't you tell the listeners how they can reach you, where they can find your cookbooks and all those yummy things. Well, my cookbooks are, I give away a lot of recipes. So if you even go to my website, which is just hollycollegg.com, H-O-L-L-Y-C-L-E-G-G.com, I have a, quite a selection of recipes from all my books. And what you should do is sign up for my monthly menu newsletter. Every month I have a newsletter that comes out with recipes, tips. It's very easy reading, fun, what's going on. And you could sign up for my monthly newsletter as well on my website. And then I have a blog that uh, some talented young man created <laughs> for me. And uh, it's called The Healthy Cooking Blog. He said, Holly, you have to have a blog. Actually, listeners, it's Irene's son. And he did a fabulous <laughs> job you. on my blog. And so I always have little stories and what's going on there. And I have a very active Facebook page. I'm pretty easy to find, but, you know, and my books are available in all your stores. They can order them online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, pretty much everywhere. And I really encourage you to get I'm not a cookbook fan. I am not one of these people that runs around buying cookbooks because I just have to have more recipes. Um, I got these because Christopher was working with Holly and I confiscated them and I absolutely love them. I, 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 will, I will cook if I can do something of Holly's. Well, and a lot of people need that little guidance and want that. I think what's you know, we all get in a rut from time to time, and I think that's one of the biggest problems. You buy a cookbook, you do two or three recipes, one or two recipes, and then you put it up. You tend to make those same recipes over and over. I always tell everyone, <coughs> excuse me, when you get my book, you can't try the same recipe twice because they're all that good, and you really have to try. And I think that's one of the problems with cooking and, you know, busy women or men today because a lot of men do the cooking now is that, you know, you go, oh, it's dinner time. What am I going to make? You know, I make the same thing over and over. What can I make? So sometimes you just need a little, some variety. And if you have my books or, as you said, oh, my gosh, my mobile rush hour recipes, my phone app is fabulous. Um, And it's designed. It has, you know, your recipe, your shopping list, serving suggestions, your nutritional information, and a little photo. But um, the reason being is you're in the grocery store, you don't know what you're going to make for dinner. You forgot your grocery list. Well, in fact, I think the person that uses most is my daughter. I'll go, which book is that in? She goes, I don't know. I got it off of Rush Hour Recipes. So it's very good to give you that instant list that you sometimes don't have, or even for a variety of what can I make for dinner, you can flip through the recipes and say, oh, this looks good. I'll do it. And then you have everything you need, you know you need to buy at your fingertips. So, and okay, that's now cool. I'm... I'm new to telephones with apps. I just got mine a month or so ago. How do I get an app? How do they well, find your app? Well, you just go to the app store on uh, iPads or <laughs> it's on iPads or iPhones, Blackberries, wherever, and you could download it free. You search Holly Clegg Mobile Rush Hour Recipes, and there's no charge, uh, and it's really a great app. You know, it's, it's not. It has all my trim and terrific recipes, so it's not overwhelming with five million recipes and all this. But it's easy to use and easy to easy to cook from, definitely. And that's what we need is easy. You know, easy. Yeah, yeah, I was taping a TV show yesterday. Actually, it was a diabetic 
show, and she was saying, why don't you do this? I said, because nobody wants it. It doesn't matter how good something is for you or how great it tastes. If it's not easy and the ingredients aren't everyday ingredients, no one's going to make it. Nobody's so I'm very aware of that, and I'm very mainstream. When people approach me for work, I go, you know, I'm mainstream. When I'm on TV, people will go, oh, I could do that. She could be my neighbor. I'm not this, like, chef that they're like, wow. You won't wow me. You'll go, oh, I'm going to go home and go to the grocery. And that's what I do. Yeah. yeah, or I'm going to go home and see if I can make that. Yeah, right. It really. Um, now, let me ask you this. The, one of the things I just love about your cookbooks is that you have the nutritional information at the end because a lot of people have different kind of problems. You know, like for a while I had too much iron. Well, I looked for recipes. I looked for food that were really low in iron for a while, got it under control. But you have the nutritional information there. How do you, how do you determine that? For instance, <laughs> I'm going to ask you this bad one. How do you know how many calories, for instance, are in double chocolate candy pizza? Well, I don't know. I, I have a dietitian. I, a uh, long time ago when you could even buy your own computer software, I know people rely on my recipes. I hired a dietitian. So I do my, and people have said, maybe that's why yours tastes so good. I'm not doing it by computation. I'm doing it by taste. I've done this so many years. I know you know, about what's going to be good, and sometimes they have questionable, you know, recipes. But basically, I do my recipes. I send them to get nutritionally analyzed, and they do all their analyzation as well as the diabetic exchanges. And when it comes back to me, I go, if this one looks a little higher in fat than maybe I wanted, or sodium or carbs, I could I adjust the recipe at that time, remake it, and then send it back. Send it but back. sometimes... Just changing a, little, a few ingredients. You know, years ago, the calories saturated, uh, calories from fat was the big one. Don't let it be under 30 calories from fat. Well, that was really a farce. We've learned so much more because back then, you know what they were doing? All those products they said were low fat, they were just sticking in more sugar, which hiked up the calories, which gave you better percentages. Uh. So I'm, after I did a book with the American Diabetes Association, um, you know, trim and terrific, Holly Clegg, trim and terrific diabetic cooking. And, you know, I had to stay within those guidelines of the ADA. Well, after that, I'm probably a little more conscious of, you know, all recipes, whether it's in the diabetic book or not, because I don't want anything with, I almost don't want an entree with five fat grams in it. You know, I really like to keep it around three fat grams, which is pretty low, and that's really diabetic. Now, my chocolate cake, double chocolate candy pizza, as you saw, is not going to fit into the ADA. No. It's not within those guidelines, but... It's a lot better than if you did the original recipe, which probably had two sticks of butter, two cups of exactly. it. You know. Exactly. So my cheesecake might have six grams of saturated fat, but if you go buy one at a restaurant, it probably has 26 grams of saturated fat. So that's why I there's say a, healthy. Yeah, there's I trim a, the recipes down. I keep it terrific. That's what I mean when I say I'm mainstream. You don't have to give up any foods. What we're going to do is just change how you prepare them. So pretty much, you know, why, you know, we all love to eat. The food is comfort, and you don't have to, you know, give it up. Let's just change how we prepare it. I love it. It's time for us to take another break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your cookbooks for diabetics and people with cancer. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Holly Clegg, saying stay tuned. We'll be back with more good food for good eating. 
Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness is delighted to finally have the opportunity to fulfill the requests of our many guests and listeners to extend the Mind, Brain, and Body experience to a second hour. Tune in for The Lyceum, Critiques of Ancient and Modern Understanding with Dr. Michael Kell. The purpose of this show is to explore and expand upon mankind's continual efforts to explain why we exist. Join us each week as we continue our fireside chats with some of the most remarkable thinkers living today. The Lyceum airs Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on World Talk Radio Variety. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Holly Clegg, who's a, a cook extraordinaire and understands people's busy schedules. We've been talking about how she creates recipes and uh, how uh, about her cookbooks. And, and I want to ask this. You've written books now for people with diabetes and people with cancer. Most of us are familiar with food for diabetics, and in fact, some of us have used those recipes to to lose weight, and they're very very effective for that. But tell us how what you do for people who have cancer. Tell us how you got involved in doing these special kind of recipes, and then tell talk about a little bit about food for people with cancer. Okay. Well, uh, I have an oncologist friend who approached me, you know, a couple of whatever years, five six years ago, and said, "Holly, the number one question I'm asked." by cancer patients is what can I eat? And he said, there's nothing out there to tell people. Would you write a book? I said, no, I'm not doing that kind of book. Cancer's negative. It's, it's not fun. I go on TV and be happy. And, you know, I said, no, he goes, just think about it. Well, I'm one of these that does all my research. And I ordered books. I tried to find, but truly there was nothing out there while you were going under treatment. There's many books out there to prevent, you know, preventative or, after, but none directed to why you were going through treatment. And then, of course, it became very personal because my father was diagnosed with larynx cancer. And uh, 11 years later, he's talking with his artificial larynx and goes through more batteries than most people. So uh, he just had a knock on wood, an appointment at MD Anderson. Wow. 
anyway, so then it became personal, and it became something very important to me. And we did a lot of the testing of the recipes on my father. He, you know, through the sore mouth section. So where it came from is everybody has a different kind of cancer. Everybody gets a different type of treatment. And then everybody responds differently to these treatments. So the common denominator are the side effects. So the book is divided into the side effects consisting of everything from day of chemo, diarrhea, constipation, sore mouth, neutropenia, um, you know, healthy eating, uh, you know, weight gain, all that because there are foods that are better, that are better tolerated and foods that ease the symptoms. Now, well, I was really the first book out there like that, and there's a few others. <clears throat> but I think what difference dif- makes mine a little different, and honestly, I've had a couple, every now and then someone pops up and says something, well, you use sugar. Well, I'm, I'm, again, I'm mainstream, easy recipes. What you make out of the sore mouth section might be perfect on a hot day for your whole family. There's no reason you have to have horns and look differently. You could eat what everybody no. else is eating. And these are truly my trim and terrific recipes divided into these side effects. And, you know, more and more people are going, well, I love this book. I continue using it afterwards. And then it has tons of information because it is a very challenging and overwhelming time. So it has lots and lots of good information. I said to Dr. Melitella, you start each chapter with the four or five most often asked questions regarding each one of these symptoms and then answer them, and I want them almost bulleted so I understand it. So it's a great resource of information as well. And the book sells very well, and it's very helpful. I have pharmaceutical companies that buy it. You might see it in your... And actually, I've worked with Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I think y'all have one there, don't you? We do. Yeah, they're a great, great organization. Now, and as a therapist, I've worked with quite a number of people who have cancer, and you know they need all the help they can get, and they need things to be easy and you know not not something that creates tension. And if you know this is one area that they can really get help and, and find ways to make food good that helps them that they don't have to stress over. It's really quite wonderful. Yeah, I want. And what I did start to say, and I forgot, I lost my train of thought on that to some extent, that there is sugar in the recipes. Uh, it's not alternative. You know, the people that can afford or choose to do that direction where eat all whole wheat and all this, I mean, that's great, and it's better that's for a you. But I, my that, job, I feel, is to hold the average person's hand and not intimidate them, but sort of hold them and take a path of healthy eating. So... It becomes easy to do. It's hard enough at that challenge. It's tremendously to have hard. To, someone say you have to do this, this, and this. So mine's very approachable. And and we all need that. We all need that. If whether we're sick or not, we need that. Right. But absolutely. If you're sick and you have such a challenge looming over you as cancer, then you know anything that helps make life easier and better uh, is is a big help. I have some questions that just sort of come up the top of my head as I was thinking about this show because you're so knowledgeable about food and nutrients and and eating well. You know, there's a lot of controversy on whether we should eat all organic food or eat as much organic food as we can. Um, some people, you know, 
there's all kinds of definitions of what organic really even is. What's your thought about organic food and eating organically? Well, I think what you said most important is there are a lot of definitions what organic is. And it's somewhat misconstrued what is organic or what's not. Um, you know, I've been told by physicians, okay, do eggs and milk, those type of things to be organic, more all your fresh produce and vegetables, but it's more pricey. So I sort of go back to the philosophy, again, being sort of mainstream for everyone. I mean, if you did everything you were told to do and not to do, we wouldn't do anything. So no, you couldn't possibly. I think what your personal preference is, what you feel comfortable in doing, is what's most important. I don't think if you eat organic only, you know, you have a license and you're never going to get sick. We never know who's going to no, get sick and what. It, so, we can't you know, we mean do that all it's we can a license, not ourselves do better. But rather than if you can't afford to buy, you know, the organic, I'd rather see you eat all the fresh fruits and vegetables than worry about making one a week getting something organic. So, again, exactly. what fits into your lifestyle? Yeah, you know, my my main concern when we talk about organic, I think for me, is the the chemicals that may be in in meat because of the antibiotics they give and some of the hormones they give. I don't want to be eating hormones that are in the meat. That's a concern to me. But you know, I, I, what do you think about that? Well, it is. I mean, I mean, there has to be something different in our society. Why so many people? you know, get cancer, all these different kinds. However, yeah. we know more, we have more research which can actually, uh, you know, diagnose these different diseases as well. So it's hand in hand there. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, you never real. I never realized how much sodium is injected in chicken that you buy. You know, so again, you just, you know, it's just almost impossible to do everything unless you, you know, have your own chickens, you know, you grow your own food. It's impossible. But I think, Irene, if that's important, I would only buy, you know, fresh chicken, organic chicken. And I think that's a good choice because I do think in that there's a lot of um, things in these, you know, meats and proteins that we don't want to eat. I I saw a news broadcast last night. They were talking about pink slime that's put in hamburger they called it pink slime Ooh. it'll be a while before i can eat hamburger again Why did you I- tell me that <laughs> <laughs> i'm mad at you now it's good thing yeah. i'm having ground meat for dinner tonight I-, I just sat here kind of shocked listening to the whole thing i'm thinking oh i hope this isn't real and i couldn't even go to their website to check it out well because don't you remember that book what was the book where the slaughterhouse in chicago and yeah i um i can't think of the name of yeah, it. I but mean, every time, every one in school, when you read that book, you quit eating meat. You just, you know, it was whatever. Yeah. I can't think of the name. Lots of vegetarians after that book. Yeah, you know, oh, right. <laughs> and then eventually you go back. And it, it, it is. There's a lot out there and a lot more information maybe than we need to know because some of it is we can't control either. But I no, don't we think can't it's control so it. important but, to I focus mean, on that. I wish I they had named that something looking else. Looking down but, and seeing your plate full of color because that means you're eating healthy. Exactly. And, yeah, well, this is just a food extender, but eh, it doesn't sound so good. What about, no. what about designer food or genetically altered food? What do you think about that? Well, I, the jury's out for me. I don't know quite what to think. Well, I think, you know, fortified orange juice and fortified, you know, sometimes that's fine. 
uh, I, I sort of go back to my practical approach that when you have to have, um, you know, when people have take 20 vitamins a day, if you just would eat a healthier and a well-balanced meal, you're going to get what you need anyway. Exactly. So I go with the practical. I'm the devil's advocate. I don't think those products are necessarily bad or good, and maybe some are better for your personal needs than another. You know, you talked about vitamins. You know, a lot of people who take a lot of vitamins say they take them because the soil's depleted and the nutrients aren't in the food. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? I disagree with that. I think there's nutrients, you know, maybe there aren't the same nutrients as there were, you know, 100 years ago. I, I don't know, but there's still nutrients. One of my favorite examples of eating healthy for those of you that are at, like me and not a dietitian is if you take an apple and you cut it, what happens? Turns yeah. brown, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, you don't know. You don't cook, no. But if you sprinkle lemon juice on it, it delays the bra- it delays it from coming brown. Well, that's right. really how you have to look at your body. If you put all these wonderful nutrients and vitamins and phytochemicals in your body, what's it doing? It's working from the inside out and delaying your aging process and fighting off the bad cells. So it's working there for you. Maybe it's not something we physically see immediately, but it's all part of the plan. All part of the plan, exactly. And I can't believe this, but it's time for us to go to break again. When we come back, I want to talk just a little bit about childhood obesity and the obesity um, problem that we have in this country. Well, actually, across the world. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Holly Clegg, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune in to Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. We've just had a lot of fun today talking about food and eating and all these things having to do with food and nutrition. Um, it's wonderful to have an expert with us on this subject. And we, we have a problem in this country, in fact, in the world, with childhood, with obesity, and in our country in particular, with childhood obesity. What are your thoughts on it, Holly, and what do you think parents can do to help their children avoid obesity? What, what can we do with this? Well, you're not going to believe it. It's staggering that 31% of all 16-year-olds eat French fries or chips every day, and Americans eat out fast food four times a week. And if you looked at the drive wow. you'd even think it's more. So, yes, it is a definite problem. But I think, in fact, I'm going to be at Lake Austin Spa next week, and I'm teaching a class on junk food. So junk food meaning burgers, but I'm going to do like a salmon burger. And then, of course, um, sweet potato fries. I mean, I don't know if you've ever made them, but they're so simple. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that sweet potatoes are the, one of the most nutritious vegetables and easy to incorporate. Uh, of course, you want to use Louisiana yams. Those are now. You know why Louisiana <laughs> yams are the best sweet potatoes? No, why? Because Louisiana, you could always count on the because of the soil and the climate that you always get the sweetest of sweet potatoes, and they're sort of orange fleshy, so they make great fries. I have a spicy okay. fry and too hot in the kitchen, and you could even do cinnamon and sugar on it. To What's entice. better? But I think She's... it's you know I'll never forget. I heard this mother. Yeah, I hope she's not listening, years ago, a couple of years ago at a conference. And she said, I buy frozen peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for my child, and that's what she, they eat four times a day because I don't cook or three, whatever. And I'm thinking, you oh buy peanut butter and jelly? Well, if those children, if that's all they're exposed to, that's all they're going to know. So it does start with at home and, you know, making your children aware of different types of foods and different kinds of foods. Uh, if you don't expose them to anything but, you know, Dot McDonald's and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, that's all they know. That's, that's what makes all they eaters. know. So it's up to the parents at home to sort of change these trends. And that's where I come in again is to make it easy because nobody has time to cook. Nobody has time or energy to figure it all out. And that's, as I said, my goal because if the parents could, you know, put healthier meals and I'm not saying every night, but, you know, again, I'm very practical, realistic. If you don't cook, choose one night a week and cook, and then take it from there. After you're doing that and you're enjoying it, do two nights. Make enough for leftovers one of those nights. So it starts at home, and it's a big problem with child. I, in fact, I had a call today from the YMCA, our local YMCA, trying to put together some healthy uh, program to fight obesity for kids throughout our state. So. It's a definitely a problem. We all talk about it, but it starts at home, and I think my advice here is to introduce your children to different types of food. Even if they're little, children like to dip. You put broccoli and let them dip. You know, you put green beans and let them dip anything into a little cheese or ketchup. They'll be very happy. Yeah, you may not want to teach them to dip pizza in. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, but you know what? Dip. I have a recipe where you take biscuits, Put a little tomato sauce on it and, and then make little faces, mini 
fun face is you put a little mozzarella on top, do a green pepper uh, smile, oh, kids and a little love olive that. eyes. So, you know, what and, these, you know, they can make their own pizzas, and here they're eating something, introducing them to something else. You know, and another question I have, and I, I, this question comes up in my mind a lot. How do you even know what's good for you? It, you know, a few years ago you didn't eat any fat, and then you didn't eat any carbohydrates, and now they're saying we eat too many carbohydrates and it's okay to eat more fat. So, right. you know, h- how do you know what is better? You're like, what's better for you, butter or margarine? I hear margarine is, margarine is not good for you, and now all of a sudden butter is okay. What's oh, absolutely. Uh, years ago my books all called for margarine, and I wish they all had butter in them now. Um, again, don't get caught up with the diet of the day, the superfood of the week, and if you just eat, try to maintain a healthier lifestyle of making good choices a lot of the time. Not all the time. You know, if you want that McDonald's hamburger one day, go get it. You know, otherwise you're depriving yourself. But don't focus on what you shouldn't eat. Focus on what you should eat. We waste way too much time of trying to analyze what we eat. And the easiest, you know, advice I can give you there is look down. If your plate has color, um, then you're eating healthier. You know, start there and don't make your protein maybe, you know, we need to eat more fish than we used to, so don't get caught up how many days a week. Just start doing it. Just do it, it yeah. it becomes a lifestyle, not this chore. Cross it off. I did this, you know, this week's done. Then it's a now diet. This, this may not be a fair question, but of all of your cookbooks, which one is your personal favorite? Oh, that's like your child on different days, different ones are your <laughs> favorite ones. Some you want to kill sometimes, and some you want to tell them how wonderful they are. So I really don't have a favorite. I, I love recipes. I love developing them. I think my biggest problem is when I'm writing a book is like some of my favorites from one book I want to go, oh, but then they're not going to be in my new book. You know, not realizing, of course, that makes people buy different books. So or I, I keep testing recipes when I shouldn't be because I, I want them to be all my favorite recipes. So my problem isn't with books. It's with recipes. Yeah, what's your favorite time. recipe? If you have one, what's your favorite uh, recipe? Probably one of my go-to recipes is the, uh, that uh, eight-layer Greek dip in Too Hot in the Kitchen, you know, the layer dip. I mean, people love that. It's a great take-somewhere dip. Um, I'm noted for my barbecue shrimp, which is in Gulf Coast favorites. I'm having company, but of course... We yeah, have they might have food. noticed that you're from the South. Yeah, I was going to say, of course, we have great <laughs> shrimp here, too, so... But uh, I, I love, in fact, I, had, I made it for TV yesterday for a taping, and I said, I am so tired of this recipe. I don't even want it. But I, when I got it, I, it was so, it's so good, the southwestern shrimp and sweet potato soup in Too Hot in the Kitchen, because you have the southwestern fiery spices, you know, with the naturally sweetness of the yam, and it has corn in it, which has a little touch of sweetness. And it's a great, great combination of flavors. And that's been one of my favorites for a long time. I, I, ch- I put it southwestern and too hot, and in, in my in diabetic book, it's just, you know, without southwestern seasoning. Okay. Either way, we're, it's delicious. We're almost at the end, so I have to ask one quick question, and then we'll ask you for your last thought. Which is better, yams or sweet potatoes? Um, well, they're, in the United States, they're essentially the same. Sweet oh. potatoes from Louisiana are referred to as <laughs> Louisiana yams. So... Truly, well, they're the called both are from yams Africa. and sweet potatoes. But, you know, really they're the same. So look for Louisiana yams because those are always the sweetest.
We will see if we can buy Louisiana yams. And I put my little finger on it so it works that much better, of course. And you're eating nutrition. Fantastic. Holly, what's the last thought you want to leave with our listeners today? Well, I think if I had one thought, which is hard for me, uh, get a well-stocked pantry. You know, that's like I think of it as a permanent shopping list. Don't think you have to change what you eat. Just think in terms of preparing it. And do me one favor. If you use whole milk, don't switch to skim. Switch to low-fat milk because then it becomes a lifestyle. If you went from whole milk to skim milk, you would go, ooh, this tastes horrible. So whatever you do, whether it's, you know, one meal a day, a week, a month, start now and make little changes in your life that are going to be part of your life. Fantastic information. Good to know. Next week's guest is Lisa Phillips. We're going to be talking about do-it-yourself life coaching. She has a book out, DIY Life Coaching. Actually, what that boils down to is we're going to talk about self-improvement. How's that for the self-improvement show? Holly, thank you so much for being our guest today. Well, it's been my pleasure, and everybody have a good day, and thank you for including me. Thank you. We'll have to do this again because I still have more questions. <laughs> this Everybody is Irene Conlon. Okay, cool. This is Irene Conlon for the Self Improvement Show saying come back and visit with us next week and thank you for being with us today. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.